0: The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everybody to the Perched on the Top Rope podcast. Lee is not with us this week. He apparently thought working was more important. I don't know. It sounds pretty fake to me. I am Perch Gaming's adorable one, Alex Todd, joined by Justin Largito, the Encyclopedia of Wrestling Knowledge. Justin, how are you today?
1: I'm good, Alex. It's uh, great to be here right before Double or Nothing this weekend, and uh, it has not been a Light week for news to say the least or like two weeks.
0: Absolutely. The, uh, the news has been so crazy that even the news outlets are getting themselves in trouble. Wink, wink ringside news. But we're not going to talk about that because we have better things to talk about, like the AEW double or nothing pay-per-view coming up this weekend. And we're going to run down the card and give you our predictions. So starting off, we're gonna get this out of the way because I know Justin's just dying to talk about it. We have on the buy-in show, and I called the buy-in because Justin yelled at me before we went on air for calling it a pre-show. Apparently that's a banned word in Tony Khan's lexicon. Um, We have Tony Nese and the in-ring debut of Smart Mark Sterling taking on the most incredible tag team on the face of the planet. They haven't even won yet, but they're better. They're better than the Hardys. They're better than the Young Bucks. They're better than the Usos. They're better than FTR. We've got Tony Nese and Mark Sterling taking on Dan Housen and Hook, also known as Hookhausen.
1: I'm going to vomit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought you would. I thought you'd say that. Uh, Justin, I want to get your thoughts on what you actually think will happen in this match down the middle. Do not just say that. Okay, and Danhausen are going to lose because I know you're dying to.
1: No, no. So uh, this should be interesting. I expect it to be more of a, I guess you could say, a comedy match uh, with you know who's involved uh, and Smart Mark Sterling kind of going down the route of a comedy character as well on the show. Uh, I think this will be a fun way to start it on the buy-in. Uh, you know, I think it's quite obvious, and I think you'll agree with me. Uh, Hook and the uh, small child who got his face painted at FanFest this weekend will uh, take the win. And uh, I don't know if this is going to be a long-term team with the two, but we'll we'll see where it goes.
0: They are going to be future AEW World Tag Team Champions, for your information, sir. But... uh, (laughs) Hey, I mean, if Nicholas can do it, Danhausen can do it. But... All jokes aside, this is obviously playing to the crowd. The crowd has been on fire for Hookhausen uh whether you know Justin may or may not be in love with danhausen um nah. it's it's pretty it's pretty clear that the a e w fan base is, and they want to see Hookhausen together so it, it it will come to no shock to me if we see Hookhausen defeat. Tony Neese and Smart Mark Sterling which that is my prediction as well other than that there's not much really to talk about with this match because as we said this is just kind of the beginning of the tag team of these two so more on that as the future rolls on if they decide to continue with this team but as we go to the main card we're gonna kick things off with the TBS championship match we have Jade Cargill accompanied by Kira Hogan and Red Velvet versus Dark Order's Anna J. Justin, Anna J. Jade Cargill.
1: Uh, I think it's definitely got to be Jade Cargill here. Uh, I was honestly surprised they even announced this match. It kind of came out of nowhere, uh, especially since Jade defeated Anna J. on a rampage a few weeks or it was a few months ago at this point. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think Jade's gonna continue her reign. I don't see Anna Jay winning the title here. I, I, I like Anna Jay, but uh you know, they're now they have Kira Hogan and Red Velvet with uh Jade and you know, we'll see where it goes from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nothing like a like you would kind of just iterated, nothing really against Anna Jay but unfortunately she's kind of been plagued by some injuries here and there since her time at AEW. I know she had a couple minor injuries before that just stopped her from competing for a couple weeks here and there. And then she recently, I don't remember what the injury was, but I know she was out for quite some time. Uh, so, you know, I think once she gets back in the swing of things, I think we'll see uh, the fan base kind of pick up on her a little more. And I think they've got a future star with her as well. But I've, I've said this to Lee a couple of times. Um, I think that, jade cargill in all honesty is the best booked, best produced women's wrestler and all professionally wrestling right now um between you know the amount of attention that goes into her entrance to her having a posse or a manager to um, the dominant title reign that she's had. A lot of people, when Jade Cargill first won the championship, they really weren't too big on her. They thought it was kind of like a WWE Roman Reigns treatment, uh, you know, before the tribal chief stuff, where they were just kind of pushing her down everybody's throats. But it kind of seems like since she has started this championship reign that she's actually gaining a fan base.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, when they did the TBS title tournament last year, I was uh Kind of surprised they put Jade over in the finals. I thought they were going to give it to Ruby Soho, but, uh, you know, I wasn't too upset about it. Jade's really, I think, kind of taken the ball and ran with it since then. Uh, you know, she's definitely, like you said, the, I, w- I would say definitely the best booked women's champion in this company by far uh, compared to Fonda Rosa with the main woman's title. But uh, we'll get to that later in that woman's title program Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) i think uh yeah definitely jade goes over here and uh we'll see where they go with the uh the baddie section now and they're adding more layers to that character especially with the uh the green hair now and all the green talk and the money so yeah, I'm gonna have to agree
0: with you. Jade Cargill goes over. Side note: I would like to see them add Sunny Kiss to the Baddie section at some point. They took a picture the other day. Uh, sunny Kiss did with uh, Kira Hogan and Red Velvet, and like somehow, like it just meshed. Like the the ensembles and everything. I think you turn Sunny heel, and I think that's a good way to get Sunny Kiss back on TV. But that's just me. Um, right. So moving on, we have the House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King taking on the Death Triangle in Pac, Penta Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix in the feud that seems like it's never ending. It kind of seems to be the theme of Malachi Black's AEW career so far between the never ending feud with Cody and now the never ending feud with the Death Triangle. <laughs> but, uh you know, this match quite possibly might steal the
1: show oh definitely yeah um so this was kind of this has been put on hold for quite a while obviously due to the injury of ray phoenix back in january mm-hmm. uh he was expected to be a lot or he he himself expected him to be a lot back a lot sooner than he actually was uh that's why we got eric redbeard teaming with uh penta and uh pack at a revolution on the buy-in against the house of black but you know, this is the first time we're gonna see all six guys in the ring together for an actual match. I'm excited for it. This has potential to be match of the weekend, I think. So uh honestly, I think I'm gonna go I think I'll go deaf triangle here. You know, uh House of Black won the last uh encounter. Uh maybe we'll get a rubber match after this on a future dynamite or rampage with a stipulation attached. So I'm I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say deaf triangle.
0: Okay. yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one, not to just keep agreeing, but um, especially with the the return of Ray Phoenix, this is going to be his first pay-per-view match back. It doesn't seem like something that they would do where they would just bring him back just to have him lose. Uh, I have a feeling, if anything, Ray Phoenix is probably going to pick up the victory over, say, Malachi Black. Or, I mean, if they want to protect Malachi Black, they could always have him you know buddy uh buddy matthews could easily take the pin and you lose nothing because that man's basically invincible in pro wrestling let's face it so i'm going to have to say death triangle as well um i think we're going to see some weapons get involved in this match possibly i i don't know i feel like i feel like something is going to happen in this match it's going to be turned into like a no dq match or something like that um and i feel like this is going to be the more extreme match of the show but we'll see um on to our next match we have a dream match that i'm honestly shocked that aew is doing so soon i expected this one more so for um all in or all out or whatever we call it now all out my bad uh we have the young bucks taking on the hardys in
1: a traditional tag team match what do you think about this program justin so obviously we've seen the Hardys and the young bucks before compete against each other in ring of honor and uh i don't i don't believe they faced each other in tna or impact or anything it may have just been ring of honor
0: uh, Yeah, i think you're right i think by the time both jeff and matt were in tna i think generation me as they were at the time i think they might have been out the door
1: yeah i think they just missed each other actually now that i'm like thinking of the timeline uh but yeah, I'm surprised they're kind of going to this so soon. I don't know if it's just a reason to get all four guys on the pay-per-view and that's kind of their way out of it. Uh, but th- 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 this should be fun. Uh, I remember their first few matches in Ring of Honor in 2017, right before the Hardys went to DB for their last run, was very good. Uh, I see the Hardys going over here. Uh, you know... This will definitely be a fun match. Uh, the Young Bucks, which I think we should point out, are de- undefeated at double or nothing. Uh, they won against the Lucha Brothers uh, first year. They won Stadium Stampede the second. And last year they defeated John Moxley and Eddie Kingston to retain the AEW World Tag Team Champions last year. So, uh, yeah, we'll see about this.
0: So you're, you're going to go ahead and you're going to say that you think their winning streak stops this year. I do.
1: I think we're getting a Hardys win here.
0: Okay, so... mm, You know what? I'm not going to go by internet wrestling logic because it makes things too predictable sometimes. I'm going to go with my own personal prediction and what I think is going to happen or what I want to happen in this match. And personally, I'd like to see the Young Bucks pick up the victory. But I know what we're thinking... Jeff Hardy just showed up in AEW. If they lose here, he kind of loses a little bit of steam. Not if you have them beat Matt, and not if you have them beat Matt by having the rest of the Undisputed Elite get involved. You could easily have the Hardys take nothing in a loss if the Undisputed Elite gets involved. They cost them the victory. Matt takes the pin, perhaps, and then we stretch this program out a little further because I feel like at least in the world of All Elite Wrestling, I feel like there's no way this Hardy's Young Bucks match is going to be just a one-off. There's no way.
1: No, no, I don't think so. I think in this match, we're definitely going to get a a Red Dragon run in, possibly mm -hmm. Darby Allin out there as well. Yep. Sting, by the sound of it, is completely out of the show this weekend. They uh, actually canceled him from FanFest.
0: Probably decided decided he didn't want to be anywhere near Jeff Hardy on a (laughs) pay-per-view. (laughs) <laughs> Too
1: soon. Uh, well, now that you say that.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I just that's the biggest thing for me is I feel like there's no way you can't just make this be one and done. If you're going to give us Hardy's Young Bucks on a national level, you have to keep it going longer than just a couple of weeks into one night at a pay-per-view. So because of that, I'm going to say. Red Dragon, possibly Adam Cole, um, and some others get involved, I think there's a screwy finish, and I think Matt Hardy takes the pin and the Young Bucks pick up the victory.
1: Yeah, entirely possible.
0: (laughs) Uh, We now have the Anarchy in the Arena match, which Justin has informed me is basically, uh, we believe, a stadium stampede match without the stadium because we're not in a stadium for this show, but we have the Jericho Appreciation Society, literally the worst named stable in professional wrestling, uh, consisting of Chris Jericho, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager, versus Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club, the BCC, which... Renee Young learned on Twitter recently is very similar to BBC and she got made fun of a little bit, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, Consisting of Brian Danielson and John Moxley, wheeler Yuta will be sitting this one out. The team will be accompanied by William Regal. Um, I know I said earlier that this match, that not this match, but the House of Black versus Death Triangle match might be the extreme one, but I have a feeling we're going to see some wild shit happen in this anarchy in the arena match. And I have a feeling someone's going to go through some sort of glass or barbed wire or something. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley are in this match, so somebody's going through something that hurts.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh by the sound of it there are no rules in this match. Uh So, I definitely expect uh this to be probably similar to the uh Inner circle American top team match from full gear last year. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, this this is gonna be uh this is gonna be something. Uh uh I honestly it's hard to predict. Yeah, I could see this going either way just from the direction I see where this is going. I'm going to say, and I feel I I kind of hesitate to say it because I feel like I've mostly picked uh, faces so far. But I'm going to say uh, Santana, Ortiz, Eddie Kingston, and the Blackpool Combat Club to win. Uh, I think this will end up leading to uh, blood and guts on a future episode of Dynamite this summer. So, like I said, you could have the Jericho Appreciation Society win, uh, and that sets it up. Or, But I, I just feel like Kingston, Santana, Ortiz especially, kind of have to get one up on Jericho because – Every week, they've just been getting their ass kicked. And uh, it's very similar to what uh, AJ Styles is going through with the Judgment Day on Raw right now.
0: Yeah, um, poor guy.
1: Yeah, he's they they kind of got to get one up on this group. But uh, I, think, I think I'm going to go with uh, Santana, Ortiz, Eddie, and Moxley and Danielson.
0: Okay. Um, so I think I'm going to go in the opposite direction here. And I say this because this program in my opinion, I feel has to eventually lead to the rematch of Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston.
1: It's what started
0: it all. Obviously, they have unfinished business. Um, So, well, and that also depends on if this match goes to blood or guts or not. But say it doesn't, I feel like we eventually have to get to a one-on-one match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho, which, in my opinion, I feel that Eddie Kingston needs to stay in chase mode. And I don't think that that happens if his team picks up a victory here. Unless they go your route and they go to blood and guts, which in that case, you could easily have the baby faces win here and then get utterly beat down on dynamite. But I'm going to go with the Jericho Appreciation Society. I'm going to say they somehow separate and conquer between everybody um i think that they win because i think eventually we're going to see them get beaten down more so to the point where wheeler yuda gets more involved again too so they kind of have one up on the numbers as well and uh yeah so i i think in order to stay and chase them out i think the jericho appreciation society wins
1: yeah, make, that makes sense. <laughs> Still, the worst name
0: stable in pro wrestling, though. I I don't care what anyone says. I love to defend AEW against people who like to trash it for no reason whatsoever. But it's a garbage name.
1: Yeah, and I I don't think that uh, stable is going to have a long shelf life as well. But
0: no, at this point, I think they should have just kept the inner circle name and just had the members that left left. You know, we we've seen it with other stables in the past, but it just doesn't do it for me. But yeah so i think they win um we have my favorite match that i'm looking forward to from this pay-per-view after this we have mjf finally going one-on-one with wardlow if wardlow wins he will be granted his release from his contract with mjf but if mjf wins wardlow will be permanently banned from signing with aew and i guess we'll just have to see him show up on nxt 2.0 or something
1: Uh yeah, I agree with you. Honestly, I think I might be looking forward to this match, more so than the main event, just because the build has been just so great and so uh paced well. Like they've just taken their time with this. Well, let's man. be
0: honest, they've they've learned to do that with every MJF feud. MJF's feud with Punk was incredible. His feud with Jericho was incredible. His feud with Darby Allen, even though it was short-lived, they still told the story well. Every his feud with Cody Rhodes, every feud MJF has been in the storytelling is always beautiful and there's nothing different here.
1: Oh, yeah. Every time I feel like an AEW pay-per-view comes around, it, it, ironically, it feels like the MJF match is the one I'm most excited for going into the show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, they built Wardlow up very, very well. Uh, even before the split with MJF, they had let him do a few squash matches for a few weeks leading up to the turn. And, you know, they've had Wardlow, uh, obviously, uh, in storyline under MJF's contract. So, Wardlow's sitting at home, and even still coming to Dynamite every week, attacking security, trying to get to MJF, and, uh, you know, it just bothers MJF to the point where he tries to take Wardlow down with the likes of... uh, Lance Archer, the Butcher, and uh even W. Morrissey of Impact Wrestling. <laughs> uh none of which worked, and they kind of rehashed the Cody storyline or no they pretty blatantly rehashed the C- Cody storyline from a few years ago, doing the uh lashes and then the steel cage match. but I think it worked with how they did it. uh you know, instead of the whole with the lashes at least. Uh, You know, Cody was just uh, obviously in pain. They had the roster watching on. They had Brandy come out, Dustin come out. Wardlow just took the fucking like it was nothing. (laughs) And it actually worked. Uh, The steel cage match, you know, I think they did perfectly with MJF as the guest referee. Uh, You know, Wardlow breaking the cuffs was a great spot. Just everything blatantly was stacked against him but he was able to overcome all of it to get to this final goal now I think it's a foregone conclusion that Wardlow wins this match and if he's not you're right we're gonna see him pop up on NXT 2.0 in a few weeks but uh yeah I'm excited for this match
0: well yeah it's gonna be a good one and obviously the build here says that warlow is going to win um if if you've noticed every mjf feud is beautiful and every mjf feud mjf seems like the ultimate star in the feud but he never really wins the long-term feud ever but that's what makes him such a good heel is he can put all these people over while still maintaining everything that makes him beautiful as a heel
1: yeah and it doesn't feel like it hurts him at all either in the end either
0: no because he's Arguably the biggest heel of professional wrestling that's not named Roman Reigns right now. Yep, that's absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like Wardlow's kind of getting the same, a similar rise that Batista got during his end of his run with Evolution right now. So you're going to see this actually make Wardlow a breakout star. I think he's going to be, aside from hanging that Adam Page, the first big, big homegrown Breakout star of AEW, and for that reason, Wardlow wins and is able to sign with AEW, and I think he immediately goes after the AEW World Championship afterwards. Whether he wins or not, it's another
1: story. But uh, before we move on, just hypothetically, if M- if uh, Wardlow were to lose on Sunday, and we find him in another company with uh, rainbow colors, uh, what do we think his name would be changed to? Hmm. I feel
0: like he would be called the Warden. Ooh,
1: that's actually a good one. I didn't mm-hmm. think about that.
0: The Warden. Uh,
1: I think I'm, they'll do the Just Joe character again from the Attitude Area. He'll be Just Joe. Oh, God.
0: I mean, anything's better than Braden Walker. Ooh. Sorry, Wildcat, Chris Harris. <laughs> but yeah, that's. Uh, let's hope that that's not what he ends up doing. Okay, so moving on, we have. Dr. Britt Baker DMD facing either Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander in the finals of the women's own heart cub tournament. We will find out who she will be facing this Friday on Rampage where Ruby Soho faces Chris Statlander for a spot in the finals. Do you think they go the obvious route and have Britt Baker win or do you think either Ruby or Chris Statlander wins?
1: Okay, so I'm going to go on a limb and I don't know if it's, it may be the unpopular opinion here. I'm going to say Chris Statlander defeats Ruby Soho on rampage. And I'm going to say Chris Statlander wins the whole thing. Uh, She recently dropped the uh, alien gimmick and they're trying to push her as a more serious uh, competitor in the women's division. And honestly, I could definitely see her uh, being the woman to take the title off Jade, the TBS title uh, at some point, but. I, I don't know. They they could go the route and have Britt and Adam Cole win the uh, respective. <laughs> Alex isn't a fan of that idea. I love uh, both of them, but that's, just, that's the predictable option. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. I can't really see them putting two heels over in this tournament, especially since it's the first uh, two Owen Hart tournaments, if this is a yearly thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Chris Statlander on this one
0: so i'm i'm gonna go with one of the two possible options to face Britt baker i don't think brett baker's winning the women's cup because it just it seems too predictable i don't really think she needs it she just came off of having uh her aew women's world championship reign so i don't think she really needs it she's an established star in AEW at this point right ruby soho um established on the indies i can't really say more than that because she wasn't given a whole lot to work with in wwe uh, under her ruby riot gimmick but i think she could use the victory here i think chris statlander also could i think that ruby soho makes her way to championship gold with or without this cup win so i'm actually gonna go with you as well and say chris statlander because I think if Chris Statlander wins this tournament, I think that is the beginning to a substantial push for her that the fans will actually react to, as opposed to when they tried to push her as the alien gimmick, which I personally liked, but let's be honest, it's not top-tier material. Yeah. So I'm also going to say that Chris Statlander wins this one. But speaking of the Owen Hart Cup final, we're moving on to the men's Owen Hart Cup final, where we have Samoa Joe facing... Adam Cole, baby. Um, I I kind of talked to you about this earlier. I have a feeling shenanigans are afoot in this match, and I think we're going to see somehow the Undisputed Elite get involved, the Young Bucks, Red Dragon, whoever it takes. I have a feeling we're going to see them get involved and uh, maybe even jay lethal sanjay dutt and uh what's his name the new guy the big tall guy
1: phantom singh
0: yeah, yeah i i think you might see them get involved too as they're feuding with samoa joe currently and there's just there's so much stacked against samoa joe i think the the feel-good story is going to be chris statlander winning but i don't think people should get their hopes up for the men's cup because i think adam cole takes that one home
1: yeah i'm I'm going with adam cole here i think it's a given. Uh... You at the very least, even if there's no Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Young Bucks, and anything like that, uh, I think it's just a given that you see Jay full and Sanjay and Satnam Singh and the whole group. Uh, uh, and not to say that Joe is not a big enough star to win this tournament, but I just – I see them having Adam Cole win because I just see them – once the ROH uh, kind of relaunch kicks in, I think we'll be seeing more of Joe on – the ROH side of things. Uh not to say that he'll never appear on AEW, but uh you know, I think Adam Cole is a safe bet for this and uh you know, possibly we see Adam Cole in another AEW World Title program, maybe not so soon because he just uh finished up his feud with Hangman Page. But uh yeah, I I, I think uh I think I'm going to go with Adam Cole here.
0: Perfect. We are in agreement.
1: Alright, moving on to the next match. We have Jurassic
0: Express, accompanied by Christian Cage, taking on Team Taz, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, with Taz accompanying at ringside. Also taking on Swerve in their glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. I'm excited for this match because believe it or not, I mean, I really didn't I didn't have high hopes when I found out Keith Lee was going into the tag team division, but Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland as a tag team somehow just clicks on like another level that I didn't really think it would. And the other thing that appeals to me in this match is each team is a smaller guy accompanied by a bigger guy. So you're going to see at different times, there's going to be like high spots with the smaller guys. Like, flying or whatever, and then they're going to take each other out, and then you're going to see Keith Lee, Luchasaurus, and Powerhouse Hobbs also in the middle of the ring. They kind of gave a little bit of a taste to that on Dynamite the other night, so uh, I think there's going to be some really cool spots in this match. Personally, I am going to go with either, I don't know who I want to pick yet, so I might see what your thoughts are and kind of try and formulate my own opinion off of that, but I feel like either Team Taz or Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland win here because it's been very clear for I'd say probably about a month on AEW television now that we are eventually leading to Christian Cage turning on Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, more specifically Jungle Boy. They've been they've been throwing some subtle hints out there for probably about a month or so now. And I have a feeling we're gonna end up seeing Jungle Boy and Christian Cage entering a feud somewhat into the summer. So I'm I'm going to say he costs them the tag team titles at double or nothing. And I, I would like to say, honestly, I think Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland actually walk away with the tag team titles.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Christian Cage is definitely the wild card in this match, I would say. It, the reason being, obviously, you know, a turn is coming at some point. It, like you said, it's been teased for weeks and weeks, very, very subtly. Uh so I don't know if they do the turn here or if they do the turn next week or one of the upcoming weeks on Dynamite. Like, you know, I don't I don't know if say Jurassic Express wins this, they retain the titles and Christian finds a partner and then he goes after the tag titles with said partner. Edge is joining AEW, everyone. Uh they <laughs> traded him for Cody Rhodes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh but I could see Team Taz winning. Uh Hobbs and Starks. But you know, now that you're now that you've said your point of view, I think I'm gonna go swerving Keith Lee. Uh I think that's the safe bet for this one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I think this is a good starting point for Both Keith Lee and Swerve, who have just both joined the company, there's a lot of singles talent right now, so there might not be the exact amount of room for both of them towards the top of the roster. Not to say that they won't get there, because obviously the both of them have the star power to make it. It's just kind of a crowded scene right now. I think eventually, I think you have them win the tag titles now. They eventually drop them. Keith Lee goes to the main event. Swerve Strickland possibly goes after the TNT Championship. And then makes his way up to. But I think a good starting point for both of them in AEW is the AEW World Tag Team Championships. I think that personally, Team Taz should dissolve sometime in the near future because I think Hobbs and Starks are both future huge single stars on their own. I think yeah. uh, Powerhouse Hobbs could be a monster heel if given the right tools. And I personally think Ricky Starks could be one of the most over baby faces in AEW. That man is probably the best on the microphone in that entire company i i don't think it's close um so i think they should honestly slowly dissolve team taz because it's not really doing anything for anybody it, it really hasn't it didn't do anything for brian cage it didn't do much for starks and it didn't do much for Hobbs. so i think they should dev- uh, dissolve team taz and jurassic express i think loses the tag title soon so like i said swerve strickland i mean yeah. swerve uh keith lee
1: it's uh it's not a foregone conclusion jurassic express lose the titles on sunday it's definitely possible they retain them and not that there's a small chance of that or anything there's a pretty decent chance they do retain but uh you know uh, the the way they're going with this christian cage storyline i just i don't i don't see them retaining uh and it's it's entirely possible uh Team Taz and Swerve in our glory just cancel each other out because that's been their feud for the last few weeks. Right. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see this uh, this Sunday.
0: I got to say, I'm excited for one last Christian Cage heel run because I, I said the same thing about Edge in his current last run. I said, you know, we got the Rated R Superstar back. It was awesome. Obviously, Edge, is, it's, it's a well-known fact that Edge is my favorite superstar. Um, we got... The rated our superstar back we got the fanfare and everything but i've just been waiting and waiting and i'm like where is that blood curdling nasty heel he's like he's got to bring him back one more time before he retires for good and i feel like christian's got to do the same thing uh the two of them both as single stars have had incredible heel runs on their own both christian cage both in tna and wwe and edge obviously only in wwe so I, I wanna I wanna see one last heel Christian Cage run. I think it's gonna be great.
1: Yeah, Christian's gonna get that tag partner. Tyson oh. Tomko is all elite. <laughs> Yo, what if the, I,
0: honestly I would low I would low key pop for that though. I love the combination of Christian and Tomko. I was a big fan of the uh, the what was it the uh, Christian Coalition? Yes, you know, with yep. uh, Christian Tomko and AJ Styles. Yep that was that was fun too so i i do i'd be okay with Tomko showing back up one last yeah. christian and tomco reunion
1: i haven't heard anything about tomco in like 10 years so i have no clue what he's doing right now but yeah
0: what is like i'm gonna i'm gonna look that up real quick because i need <laughs> i need to know where tyson Tomko is currently oh well he is retired from wrestling sadly and he's a personal trainer that one doesn't surprise me really he's always been in incredible shape. But I mean, people come out of retirement. Christian came out of retirement. Edge came out of retirement. I mean, I, I, he could, it could happen. It could happen.
1: Yeah, a fun maybe. fact
0: Tomko was a bodyguard for Limp Biscuit at one point. Just kidding. He can stay in retirement.
1: Whoa! Don't you dare <laughs> talk ill about Limp Biscuit. <laughs>
0: that's, that's
1: WWE's favorite band.
0: You're damn right. I'm going to have it my way. God damn it. So, you spoke earlier about Thunder Rosa not being booked as well. Slightly. We slightly touched on it. Not being booked as well as Jade Cargill. I want you to elaborate on that because the next match we're going into is the Thunder Rosa versus Serena D match for the AEW Women's World Championship.
1: Okay. So, since Thunder Rosa won the uh, women's title from Britt Baker uh believe it was on saint patrick's day actually saint patrick's day slam but i believe it was on yeah it's
0: the uh the annual uh thunder rosa brit baker brawl
1: yeah yeah (laughs) um you know i read earlier this week she's had like a total of 20 minutes of tv time since becoming champion which is just insane to me since it's your top woman's title but um you know everything she's done since then hasn't really been that great if i'm being honest uh she had the match with nyla rose her first title defense and you know for some reason every time somebody wins the AEW woman's title they just throw them right at nyla rose for some reason i've noticed that pattern uh you know this match with serena deeb on sunday i'm expecting it to be i'm expecting it to be pretty good uh the promo work has not been the best uh and i think i'm i think you could agree with me on that because it's been very hit or miss. And I think last night, Thunder Rosa probably did her best work uh, in this feud, at least, uh, with the promo she cut. Uh, I'm very surprised. One little detail. They never brought up the fact that when Serena Deeb won the NWA Women's title a few years ago, the woman she beat was Thunder Rosa. I don't know why that hasn't been mentioned at all.
0: <laughs> Especially considering the fact that the two companies have traded talent at several different points throughout AEW's yeah. history. I mean if if we're if we're going to go all the way back to the all original all in pay-per-view, they literally had Cody face Nick Aldis, the NWA World Champion. Um, exactly.
1: They had uh Camille, uh, Camille defend the uh women's title just last summer on uh Dynamite.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So I I it's a little funny as far as the promo work goes i i can at least understand slightly i can at least understand uh where thunder rosa comes from because there is a, a slight language barrier there which you can tell that she is improving on and i think you'll kind of see that get better as time goes on so that one doesn't worry me too much what worries me is serena deeb who has been involved in pro wrestling for quite some time has worked with the likes of cm punk her i i love her in the ring but her promo work is terrible
1: yeah I, i don't know what it is it feels like maybe it's just that they're like dragged out and they do a promo that you can probably get done in about four minutes and they drag it out to about eight or nine minutes and i don't think that works i think she's one of the few
0: people that could actually benefit from wwe style of promo telling the bullet points i think that would slightly help i also think maybe the uh addition of a manager could possibly help i i thought about this a lot within like the last week or so and the more i pay attention to serena deeb the more i realize she is essentially the modern era women's version of dean malenko she she is just as good as he is she is like just the way she wrestles reminds me of the way that Dean Malenko wrestled but just like Dean Malenko she can't cut a damn promo <laughs> like I love Dean Malenko but to be honest the man could never cut a promo
1: yeah it's Mr. Personality Dean Malenko
0: yeah so uh I I feel like yeah Serena Deeb is definitely like the modern day version female version of Dean Malenko I this one's really hard to predict because i think you can run with either one of these women as champion from an in-ring standpoint but point remains no matter who wins there needs to be improvement in the promo department whether it's managers for either one or um you know just promo classes or i don't know i feel like dustin rhodes probably has his hands dipped in this uh feud considering he's shown up on tv for it and i know he kind of yeah he does some producing work for the company occasionally. Um, I think this is going to be an incredible match. I personally just with the way that Thunder Rose has been booked. And because I think you, I can't, I think you kind of want to get a surprise title change occasionally here and there in a company. I'm going to go with Serena Deeb.
1: Wow. I am, uh, I'm going full Thunder Rose on this, uh, you know she hasn't had the title that long and like I said, I feel like she's just getting started with it hasn't had much exposure on TV since winning the title, maybe that'll change going into the summer but. yeah i'm going to go Thunder rose on this one. Fair
0: enough fair enough so speaking of champions who have not had a lot of TV time we have come to the main event the aew world championship match between hangman adam page and the voice of the voiceless cm punk i know that they've been giving hangman adam page some time on tv now that he's in this punk with feud. this punk with feud what am i saying mm-hmm. this feud with punk um but let's be honest before this feud he got the same treatment thunder rose has been getting he was barely on tv as AEW world champion i feel like he showed which they would put him on tv with just enough time to set up a slight feud to like set up a world championship match on television, like with Lance, Ar- Lance Archer or whatever. Um Hangman Page isn't the issue. Thunder Rosa isn't the issue. Um I think this is a bigger issue we're seeing for whatever reason right now. And it's just a right now thing because we didn't see this with Brett Baker or Kenny Omega when they were champions, but for whatever reason right now, they're not putting their top champions on TV that often. I don't know if it's because they run out of room on their television program to put them on, which should never happen with world champions. No. But the amount of talent they have, I don't know if that's part of the issue or if Tony doesn't see them as, you know, actually being able to carry the shows. I don't know what the issue is, but, like, someone's got to change. They're at least doing a little more with Hangman Adam Page now, but I almost think it's too little, too late, because I really don't see how CM Punk loses this match. I gotta say CM Punk walks out with the AEW Championship and wins his first world title in, what, 10 years?
1: Yeah, um, pretty close to it. Uh, Just to get into a little bit of the Hangman page booking, uh, you know, I feel like your world champion should always be presented as the most important part of the show. I don't feel like hangman Page has had that treatment. I mean, when, when we had Kenny Omega as the world champion last year, he always was the most important guy on the show, no matter what. For multiple promotions shows. (laughs) Very true. Um, but yeah, it just hasn't been the same. And a lot of the thing I've been saying, and I said this to you earlier, uh, how often do you see Hangman Page in a segment or in a match for the main event of Dynamite? It's it's always ever the first segment, the second segment, or the middle of the show. It's never in between. It's always just at the beginning, right in the middle, and almost never at the end. I think there was maybe one or two episodes of Dynamite where uh, Hangman main evented the show. And he main at a Rampage too, but I'm, I'm more focused on Dynamite uh, in that case right uh you know last night with the uh promo on dynamite the face to face I was honestly pretty surprised at the uh mixed reaction both of them got, especially with uh the amount of booze for both uh you know this this obviously can go either way, but uh i'm picking c m punk yeah uh,
0: <laughs> i uh i gotta say like it, it doesn't. It doesn't really make sense for Punk to lose. However, I will say this. If we're both wrong and Hangman Page wins, he is a mage superstar and they have to, have to give him the time on TV going forward if he beats a legend like CM Punk.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? If they wanted to go down the route, uh, this is just me, you know, assuming All Out is in Chicago again this year like it's been every year. Yes. If they want to drag this out to all out possibly and have CM Punk get uh put over Hangman Page on Sunday and do the title change in Chicago all out, that's very possible. Uh, but I I just don't I don't see it happening. I see CM Punk winning the match.
0: Right. Uh, I feel like if they do do that and they go your route of dragging out to all out, I think you have to turn Hangman Adam Page heel
1: think like it has to happen, yeah.
0: Especially with the gimmicks that the two of them present. CM Punk is the straight edge superstar, Hangman. Adam Page loves drinking beer. The story writes itself. You can get a somewhat—I don't want to say knockoff version, but a some a similar storyline to the CM Punk Jeff Hardy feud, but you can do it in an opposite direction. Whereas, you know, Hangman Adam Page uses his alcoholism basically as a as a crutch towards Punk, like his own alcoholism. You know that there's plenty of avenues that they could go there. So, this feud could stretch out. I think it's going to stretch out no matter what, but I I do think Punk wins even if it leads to Hangman turning heel and winning the title back.
1: Yeah, and also you got to keep in mind too, like AEW is running Chicago a month from now for Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. the uh New Japan AEW joint show. So, I don't know if they're going to do you know, AEW title matches with AEW guys, New Japan matches with New Japan guys, uh, or if it's going to be AEW versus New Japan just all the way. Right. You know, it's very possible we get a AEW champion, world champion CM Punk versus Okada, the New Japan IWGP pro wrestling champion.
0: I want Punk versus Okada so bad.
1: Hey, it, Punk has teased it on Twitter. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very possible.
0: It needs to happen.
1: But uh, yeah, I, I think Punk wins the title. I think they have the big moment at the end of the show. And, uh, you know, it's always possible to get an appearance from Okada to end the show or a New Japan star just to further build to uh, Forbidden Door. Absolutely, absolutely. And that wraps
0: up our predictions for the 2022 Double or Nothing pay-per-view show. We are going to switch gears. I know we talked about the Samoa Joe Adam Cole match and how we thought Jay Lethal was going to get involved with this match. Another thing Jay Lethal has been getting involved in recently, as has been shown on the internet, is training to help Ric Flair get back in the ring for his final match. Uh, Say what you will about this situation. I, I personally think this is a dumpster fire train wreck waiting to happen, unless the match is booked properly but i don't i don't think rick flair's ego allows that i think rick flair thinks that he needs to do you know classic Ric flair everything which at his age is i don't expect this out of Ric flair this is something i expect out of, of someone like hulk hogan honestly we saw him do that in tna where he decided to get in the ring again when he absolutely was past his prime i i feel like deja vu is happening right now with rick flair rick flair already came out of retirement once after his match with Shawn michaels in tna that was a disaster that was 10 plus years ago the hell is going to happen this time
1: the guy almost died a few years ago i he has a pacemaker in his chest he has no business to be taking bumps yeah like
0: triple h is decades younger than him also has basically a pacemaker now and he retired yeah, he's still, he, in good, he's still in a good shape. He can't take bumps. Right. He's in good shape too, and he retired. This is literally like there. there is a chance, and I don't say this out of a place of ill will because obviously I loved watching Ric Flair wrestle. I think the as a child, the most like a, a young child, teenager, whatever you will, I think the most emotional match for me ever was Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels at wrestlemania 24 i think rick flair's retirement the following night on monday night raw was one of the best segments in history so i have no ill will towards the guy but the guy could die in the ring during this match there's no reason for it
1: yeah and i've been saying the same thing it's,
0: it's you know, possible i've gotta um, i've gotta applaud ricky steamboat uh, for turning down this match
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he knew he wasn't going to have a better mat, last match than what he has. And he wasn't going to tarnish his legacy, I guess you could say. Uh, you know, he wants to go out on his terms, and he did, and he's fine with that. He's content.
0: That, and I, don't, I also don't think he wants to be responsible for being someone who could
1: possibly hurt Rick. Oh, yeah. I I wouldn't want to be in that position if I were him either. I'm, him and Rick are, I'm sure, good fr- great friends. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Rick Flair's retirement was ruined as soon as he ca- went to TNA and wrestled. Uh, obviously, he has his reasons for doing that. But he was never going to get a better send-off than what he did uh, on that Raw after WrestleMania in 2008. He
0: he personally he quite possibly had the greatest retirement in pro wrestling history.
1: Yeah, it was never going to get any better than that. Uh as of right now before this match happens, his last match was against Sting uh on a September 2011 episode of Impact to set up the Hulk Hogan and Sting match,
0: which I also think Hulk shouldn't have wrestled. That's the the match I was uh i was talking about I, I think that was a little ridiculous too hulk should not have been anywhere in a ring
1: on a yep. pay-per-view yep that uh that bound for glory 2011 match and uh you know the rumored match right nothing's even been made official for this match we don't know who's involved in this or anything no apparently Hulk hogan's like trying
0: roots. to a, apparently hulk hogan's trying to possibly be his opponent too
1: oh god yeah that, no <laughs> um the the rumor is i'm sure everyone's heard it by now ftr and rick flair against rock and roll express and another partner. you know what thank god it's a six-man tag that at least makes keeps me in my head flair won't have to do a whole lot he can just stay in the corner he can do his normal flair spots he can even slap on a figure four lock quick and just you know pop the crowd and That'll be it. But you know what? With Ric Flair, at this point, you really don't know with him. He could go in there and just not tag anyone in and just work the full match, which I absolutely would not recommend, but nobody's going to tell that man what to do.
0: Nope. He's gone on record saying that he wants to go off the top rope in this match, and I think that might end that man's life. Uh, Has he seen the end of the movie The Wrestler? yeah so uh either way i, I the, the one thing i'm happy about in this match is if if this match does happen i have a feeling that ftr is going to do everything within their being to make sure that rick is protected if even if that means saving rick from himself during the match and stopping him from doing certain bumps um uh dex and cash are, are good people You know, I've sat down, I've listened to a lot of their interviews, I've listened to their stories, they are good people, they're not going to allow Rick to hurt himself, so I wouldn't be surprised if they stepped in to stop him from doing some of those bumps.
1: Yeah, and hopefully it is FTR in that side of the corner if that is the case, but, like I said, we we don't even know the confirmed match even still. Nobody knows anything. Yeah, it's all just rumors at this point.
0: Yeah, so... Who knows? I, I just hope Rick is smart about the entire situation as all. Well, but we're going to switch gears yet again, and we are going to talk about WWE, which for once I'm not really ashamed to do Monday Night Raw has been actually pretty good lately, Cody Rhodes showed up and things are getting slightly better, who'd have thought, it's almost like he did this with another company at one point. Um, So, Matt Riddle and Randy Orton lost the Raw Tag Team Championship last Friday. We're going to touch on the winners of that match, obviously the Usos, in a couple minutes. But what I want to focus on right now is Matt Riddle. We saw Matt Riddle come to the ring on Monday Night Raw. We saw him say, you know, Randy's back's been hurting for a couple years now. He's He's been in a lot of pain. And it's it's funny, too, because as he was saying, you could tell there was like legit emotion coming from his voice. Randy's gone on record in shoot interviews saying that he didn't really like Riddle at the beginning, but like the friendship that they have on screen is a friendship that's actually come to real life. The two of them get along very well. They have multiple things in common that they like to do. Uh, You know, you could tell that Riddle was using real life emotion in this promo and this promo just hit home. This was easily Matt Riddle's best promo he's ever cut. He swore vengeance on the Bloodline, and for once, listening to him talk, even though he still has that stoner voice, um, you know, it uh, it it finally felt like real emotion was coming out of him. And I think that promo specifically pushed him to a new upper echelon of WWE. We saw moments in time. The the Pipe Bomb by CM Punk. Uh, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan cutting the promo on John Cena that he's a parody of a wrestler. Um, You know, we saw certain promos from certain superstars that in one moment took them from being here to here. And that promo on Monday Night Raw, in my opinion, was Matt Riddle's. I think Matt Riddle starts challenging for world championships soon. And I think he's on the fast track to eventually become either WWE champion Universal Champion or or uh, Unified WWE Universal Champion, whatever way they end up going. But per- personally, for me, I think that was a star-making performance in that promo alone from Riddle on Monday.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, going into Raw and uh, the Riddle segment wasn't really what I was expecting them to do coming out of the uh, tag total unification match. Uh, obviously, they see Riddle as some kind of big star for the brand. Uh, you know, he's been featured every week on TV with a guy like Randy Orton holding the tag titles. Uh, and we know he's the uh, rumored challenger for Reigns coming up, most likely a Money in the Bank. Uh, I would love to see Matt Riddle, or excuse me, Riddle, as a uh, one of the few NXT success stories. <laughs> no, right now we
0: basically have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn
1: yeah kind of safe in mailer but
0: like that's miss.
1: yeah Seth Rollins and you can make up your mind if you want to count Biggie in that as well
0: I don't count Seth Biggie or Roman I don't count the early guys because they were barely there long enough for it to actually matter
1: I I get that point of view but I mean they, they, they they at least in Biggie and Seth's case they've held the NXT title and that's fair you know they did have their time on top there so That's
0: fair. Roman Uh, Reigns basically cut a promo and then left.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, But but, uh, with Riddle, uh, you know, good for him. Uh, I've been a big Matt Riddle fan since he's come into WB. Uh, This is probably the most serious I've seen him since entering the company, even through NXT and the main roster. I love it. Uh, Yeah, this this has potential to be one of the... uh, one of the more interesting feuds or one of the more interesting programs of the summer. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where things go. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to get a rematch with the Usos and RK bro at hell in a cell, which kind of surprises me, but I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go from here.
0: Summer of Rill. I love the way it sounds. Bro, <laughs> bro. But yeah, talking about tag team titles, We've had quite the news in the past week about a certain two tag team champions who decided to walk into the office of Johnny Ace, plop their tag team titles on his desk, and promptly walk out of the building during Monday Night Raw. Currently, Sasha Banks and Naomi, the now former WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, are now suspended. We don't know if they're even going to come back. It's rumored that both of their contracts our near end which i feel like happens every time somebody gets in trouble they're all like oh their contract's almost over but it could possibly be true um what are what are your thoughts on this situation what's your viewpoint where where do you think your allegiance stands in the entire situation given the information that we have been apparently given
1: oh man like uh You know, Raw, not this past Monday, but obviously the one before that where uh, all this occurred. It was one of the more interesting Monday Night Raws in a long time, and not because of anything that happened on the show. A lot has come out since all this occurred. Uh, You know, you, you hear this, you hear that. Who knows if we'll ever know the full story. I, in regards to the six pack challenge, I think it was fucking stupid that sasha and naomi were even in that match to begin with and i said that as soon as they aired the graphic on tv too i'm like why are sasha and naomi in this and apparently they agreed with me
0: so it's your fault
1: (laughs) hey (laughs) um yeah and then then you hear the thing where it says uh naomi was gonna win and she was gonna pin sasha to win why why would she pin Sasha? I, I I mean, then it gets changed to her Nikki Ash getting the pin, uh, or getting pinned by Naomi. Nikki and... Ash. <laughs> oh, I, I oh shit! I called her Nikki Ash. Uh, Nikki Ash. I'm I'm sorry, everyone. Maybe her name will be changed next week, and I'll still have it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then then you just hear every like I said. This is just a ongoing wheel of information we're getting especially even that night uh you know that we read the one statement from somebody apparently who's close to naomi who posted a statement on twitter i would imagine it's from naomi uh saying they met with vince and vince was very understanding of the whole situation and you know you got producers telling them to fix their attitudes and Mm -hmm. you know if the producers are saying that more than likely it's coming from vince and He's just kind of the uh, sacrificial lamb in between the, whoever the producer was. We, we don't know any names at the moment, but I mean, you know, you can probably figure it out just by looking at who's backstage at TV every week. Um, if this is about the tag titles and the way they're booked, I've said it on this show. I've said it for a long, long time. Those tag titles are fucking paperweights to this company. Mm-hmm. They do not care. They instated those tag titles because they felt like they had to. Not because they wanted to. They did it because they pressure got on them and they felt like they needed to do it. <laughs> they had to capitalize on their women's revolution. And it's like any title that the W brings in. You know, they'll give it the little honeymoon period. You'll crown your first champions. A month will go by. Everything's going good. They're being booked strong. Soon as it gets past the second title holders, things just go downhill real quick. Either they don't get on TV, they lose every time they are on TV. It's just a never-ending cycle. And that's why a good amount of the titles in this company just, they don't mean shit. I mean... Even five years ago, I could tell you who every title holder in the company was. I can't do that now. I struggle to remember who the Intercontinental Champion is some some weeks.
0: Well, yeah, no offense to Ricochet, but that title also hasn't been defended on pay-per-view since WrestleMania 37.
1: Yeah, and the United States title, uh, it's it's better, but not by much. Last time that was defended on pay-per-view was Extreme Rules last year, mm-hmm. back in September.
0: Yep, so it's, it's not great. You know, The Miz has got to be distraught at how much prestige he brought back to the intercontinental championship just for this to happen but uh yeah no honestly i i gotta agree with you those titles i feel like were only instated, i think mostly because sasha banks and bailey put pressure on vince for it to happen because they yeah. talked about it on social media for years leading up to that but basically i would say the moment that the iconics Lost the tag team titles when they lost them to Tamina and Natalia. No offense because I popped hard for Natalia and Tamina winning, but from that point on, they did nothing with those titles.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, those titles just they've never felt important to the show. It's just they, I don't know how to put it into words, just if. If the champions are just never on the show, I would have no idea that there's women' tag team titles. If I'm tuning in for the first time and I watch for a year straight, mm-hmm. I may not know that there's fucking women's tag titles. <laughs> unless I like really pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, the The odd thing I really found was the statement that WB put out that night that everything went down because it's just like nothing WB has ever put out before. And actually, exactly. I'll, I'll read it quick because I, ha- I do have it up. When Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WB Head of Talent Relations, John Laurinaitis' his office, and with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on his desk and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse their and construct their match, They claim they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequences. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. And this last sentence was the one that really got me. We regret that we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event which i find funny coming from a company that advertised a championship unification match for 3 weeks and then changed it to a 6 man tag with no titles on the line 9 days beforehand.
0: Yeah, no, this is this is very different because i you don't really see them you don't really see the company put out actual statements on superstars walking out. I mean, you'll you'll catch uh, you'll occasionally catch a slight reference made to it on television or something like that. But for God's sakes, they didn't even do this when CM Punk walked out of the company. They didn't. Exactly. They didn't they didn't do it when Bret Hart walked out of the company. I mean, they did. They did a little bit of the Bret screwed Bret thing, but like they didn't they didn't break kayfabe. years down the road. We found out more about it, but not nah, they didn't do it to this extent. Uh, they didn't do it when Pac walked out. They didn't do it when Brody Lee was sitting at home with his contract frozen. They didn't do it when FTR was sitting at home with their contracts frozen. There's a lot of people that have like had worse falling outs with the company that they didn't do this to. So they, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like Sasha and uh, Sasha and Naomi had to have said something more that we don't know about that pissed Vince off just enough to where he told them to put out a complete statement on it I, I i'm thinking more or less i think it's happening because they walked out during the middle of the show everybody else has walked out before neville walked out before the show punk walked out before the show brett walked out after the show and obviously his contract was up as well um and then the other guys they they sat home with their contracts frozen until they were were released I think it pissed Vince off that it happened during the middle of TV and I think that's why they're getting the shade thrown at them that they are.
1: Yeah and um you know do you think it's a possibility uh you know Naomi hasn't really gotten into acting at all I don't know if she ever plans on doing so but obviously we know Sasha Banks has been looking to get into it for a while uh she's had her roles in the Mandalorian uh, do you think that statement was put out just as a way to kind of look at Hollywood and go, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't uh trust these two with roles in your shows or your movies
0: yeah, uh, for sure because if if it's to be believed that their contracts are actually running out and they know already that that's what they plan on doing afterwards, and they're just gonna be prises on the way out, not saying that they are like i'm I'm not let me reiterate, I'm not saying that they are this is just purely a hypothetical and this is also me more so um taking a dive into what i think vince mcmahon's thoughts are that his thoughts are well if they're gonna they're gonna walk out and they're they're gonna leave uh they're gonna leave us short-handed and whatnot during the middle of the show well fuck it, i'm gonna ruin the rest of their careers
1: yeah and and you know I, who knows if we'll ever know the the entire truth about the situation that happened session and, and Naomi have just remained completely silent on social media ever since all this happened. And that's probably the best thing they can do right now, to be honest with you. Right. But um, yeah, I, I just, well, we, we've already brought up that their contracts have been reported to be up in July, but I, I absolutely expect IB to freeze their contracts. I don't expect them to just sit home for two months and then, Oh well, I guess you're free. I just no way I see that happening. No. This is gonna be dragged out. This is gonna be a messy road that who knows how long this is gonna take. Now,
0: there's a lot Maybe of people that back. are there's a lot of people that are guessing too that this might end with legalities getting involved. Oh, I and would imagine it, yeah. <laughs> there's um there's rumors that um that we might see Sasha come at the company and the way that they treat independent contractors that you know technically they're not employees so how can you make someone sit and stay at home and make them wait these 90 days if they get released when you can just release them on a dime whenever you want and i've, I've seen some people say you know that they go ahead and that does end up happening honestly they're probably both gonna get blackballed from every single wrestling company out there because that's how all wrestling companies work but it might be the healthiest thing that ever happens for the actual wrestlers themselves so this could, be, this could be really interesting because we might end up seeing this become a court battle.
1: Yeah, and you know, with all the dirt that's been slinged in the last two weeks, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Sasha and Naomi just don't come back to the company at all and don't come back to TV.
0: Oh, I don't think they're going
1: to. They're, they're probably not, but it's, it's, there's a, still a slight chance that they do. Right. But it would be very hard. Like, I, think, you know...
0: I think Naomi could come back. I think obviously I think a lot of people are saying that she kind of just supported Sasha and that's why she left with her. And just the fact that she's got Jimmy and Jay and Tamina and Roman and a lot of her family in the company, I think, I think that they could possibly smooth things over with her. I think Sasha's done.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely possible. And, you know, it's not making things better with, uh, you know, Vince and whoever on commentary that he's talking to, whether it be Michael Cole on SmackDown or Corey Graves on Raw. Just completely using any kind of way he can bury these women uh, on TV. You, you know, you can't, you can't just bring them back and act like that didn't happen. Uh, We're
0: finally feeling the glow tonight now that Naomi's
1: back because, you know, she let us down before. I, I, I fucking love that term. She, Sasha and Naomi, they, they let us down. They let us all down in all the millions of fans. Speak for yourself. You don't fucking speak for me. Yeah, right. Speak for yourself. I didn't give a shit about that main event. That match wasn't announced till the show went on the air. It
0: wasn't announced yeah. like a week ahead of time. That's the other part. You were talking about how they said that we are we we apologize for being unable to, uh, you know, commit to our advertised match. What advertisement? You didn't advertise the show or the match.
1: Yeah. You put the graphic up at 803. Don't give me that shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, un- unbelievable. It wasn't even advertised. They don't advertise anything anymore. The only thing they advertise is Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns. Oh yeah, countdown to Cody, every week now. Hey, it works though. It brings the ratings up. If it works, keep doing it.
1: Yeah, if it works, I mean, kudos to them. But right. So I guess we'll have to see what
0: happens with the former women's tag team champions. But speaking of tag team championships, once again, we've brought up Randy Orton and Riddle. We've brought up Sasha and Naomi. Let's talk about the new undisputed WWE. Tag Team Champions? Is that what they're calling them? The Undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions? The
1: Raw and SmackDown? They don't even know what they want to call them. I
0: don't know. Undisputed Tag Team Champions. Apparently they said that they were the first ever Undisputed Tag Team Champions, even though we had Carlito, Jarrah Show, Show Miz, The Heart Dynasty, DX. I guess none of them ever held the Undisputed Tag Team Titles. Yes, we're supposed hey, to forget about look, that
1: n- nothing in the past matters until they want it, want it to matter
0: i can't stand it i can't stand how wwe rewrites history but the usos are the new undisputed tag team champions along with roman reigns being the undisputed wwe universal champion the bloodline holds all the gold and as much as i groaned at both of these unification matches that group is booked so strong that i can't help but be entertained
1: yeah uh you know when roman and i put this very loosely unified the uh two world titles i think this was easily the next step you had to take uh i was very very surprised that they gave us a finish on just a random smackdown for this match even though it was built it i did have a week of build up uh even though we had it you know, advertised for a... Pay- you know what? We had it
0: advertised for a pay-per-view and you talked about this. How come they're not apologizing to us for not being able to pull through with that
1: advertisement? Well, because you see no one walked out. No no one let us down in that situation, Alex. <sighs> uh, how, how stupid of me. I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, we, uh, millions of people were not disappointed in that situation. I I appreciate you educating me. Now you may go on. N- no problem. Uh, Yeah, but... From what I heard, apparently, uh, obviously, RK Bro was never going to win this match to begin with. But the USO's winning was a very last-minute decision. So it sounds like we were going to get a non-finish on this on this show, just to drag it out a little bit longer. But I guess Damn they, man. I guess after the Sasha Naomi stuff, they said, "Hey, maybe we should give this uh, advertised match a finish. Maybe we shouldn't fuck with this one." <laughs> um, But, you know, uh, the Bloodline's just the top thing on both shows right now. Uh, It's been going on for a while, but I don't really think it's gotten stale. Uh, They do. uh, The only thing I worry about is them running out of fresh challengers, and I've said that before. Uh, I'm a little more confident in that now, I think, especially with the tag teams, because now you do have two brands of tag teams to work with. Were before where before the, was the Usos with just the SmackDown tag titles. And I feel like they've kind of gone through every team on that brand already. Well, the problem um, is,
0: is they've also gone through some of the teams on Monday Night Raw. They've already fought with the Street Profits. RK-Bro is no longer a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, but the, but the Street Profits program was months ago. Nobody's going to remember it. So Nobody's going
0: to... It never happened. Um, I mean, the Viking Raiders are apparently in NXT again now, and... That leaves Chad Gable and Otis.
1: <sniffs> Shoosh! Thank you. <laughs> I love Chad Gable so much. Chad Gable is a national treasure. He should be protected at every cost.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: but yeah. yeah, I especially like the uh, the angle they did at the end of SmackDown uh, after the match. Uh, You know, and that was another thing I didn't mention about the Riddle promo. I did find it very odd. That they announced an injury to Riddle, and not Randy Orton. But Randy Orton is the one with the injury by Raw, and Riddle's fine. He can wrestle and yeah, appear on the show and everything.
0: Yeah, that's that's my one question. Why not have Orton be the one that went through the table? Because Orton's selling a back injury, and Matt Riddle went through a table. So uh you would think that the person that goes through the table would have the injured bag and not the other way around and then they announced an injury to riddle but he's there on raw nothing's wrong randy's gone uh um, fishy
1: yeah fake well, news <laughs> yeah maybe it was a last minute thing and you know the uh the wb universe is uh not gonna remember what happened three days ago so
0: nope didn't happen wwe is gonna wwe <laughs> Yeah, no, I I, I like the storyline with the bloodline. I just hope that they can find something specifically for the tag team division to keeping it entertaining. Roman will find uh, challengers. I, you know, we talked about him possibly running out of challengers before, but I really don't see it happening. Um, they're they're purposely starting to push people because they know that they were running out of challengers for Roman. They need to do the same thing with the tag team division. Hell, uh, put Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn together, put one of them back on the same roster as the other put them together let them be a tag team um you know there used to be so many good tag teams on the roster and they're all just gone now the Hardys are gone enzo and cass are gone well, the ftr is gone they, they give up too easily they give too. Uh, they give up if too easily don't... and vince vince can't help but take a good tag team and split it up
1: if you don't win over vince in two to three weeks then you're you're done yep th- and, th- one you, and one of you is turning on nice. the other <laughs> it's just It's either one turns on the other, or the team just turns from face to heel completely, and then you just never hear from them again.
0: Enzo and Cass should have still been in the company and should have been multiple-time world tag team champions at this point. Listen,
1: I will will say until the very end, if the Hardys did not return at WrestleMania 33, Enzo and Cass would have won that match, and they would have won the tag titles. They'd
0: be superstars right now. Not that they're not. They're doing great at what they're doing, but... I think the Hardys returning completely fucked that up. No offense to them.
1: Yeah, I think the look on Enzo's face when you watch that match back, when the Hardys' music hits and they start coming down God damn it. It's just like a fuck. But,
0: I mean, I'm not completely... I haven't completely lost hope because we've gone through this before where WWE kind of gives up on the tag team division. And then one day, randomly out of the blue, there's like 10 new tag teams and they're all getting pushed. So it could end up for the better. But for now, the Usos stay on top. And speaking of on top, we here at Perched on the Top Rope would like to tell you where you can find us on social media. You can find us at Perched on the Top Rope on Facebook. You can find us at Perched Top Rope on Twitter. You can find us at Perched on the Top Rope podcast on Instagram, you can find us at Perched on the Top Rope, on TikTok. You can find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon slash Audible, whatever you want to call that, Um, and basically anywhere where you can find podcasts. I've said before, I deal with a lot of the tech stuff. If you can't find our show on a podcast channel, reach out to the page, send us a DM. I will do my very best to make sure that I can put this show on a platform that you can listen to we we can't do this without the fan support and so if you you know reach out to us and i will make sure that this show is available to you but with that being said spoiler free is the way to be we're out